0: Trauma is a very bad thing, no matter what it is, whether it's a mass shooting, a sexual assault, whatever it might be.
1: Hello, and welcome to Mirror Talk. We have moments where we just have to pause. Just pause and take a break and reflect on life. Remember, you are strong, you are enough, you are capable, you are blessed, and you are loved. Your moment of greatness starts now. Today, I am grateful to learn more about PTSD from a sexual assault survivor, a mental health advocate, and a supporter of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, whose goal is to reduce the rate of suicide. Thank you for joining me today, Megan. How are you doing?
0: I'm good. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank
1: you so much. So um, may I get to know you better? Can you share your story with me?
0: Absolutely. So I have chronic PTSD from being assaulted multiple times. Um, It's a story that I'm usually quite public about. And um, yeah, I spend all my time um, advocating for mental health that I can. Um, I do a lot of policy work in Indiana regarding mental health and suicide prevention, and advocating for sexual assault survivors almost every moment that I can, every moment that I'm awake.
1: So can you tell us more about this um, assault that you've experienced? Is there like a story you could share with us, you know, just to make people out there relate with you a little bit more?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I was assaulted by a very powerful man um, in my state, and um, I was assaulted at the first time at 14. I'm now 22, so it's been eight years um, since my first assault. Um, I've been assaulted many times during um, the ages of 14 to 19. Um, During that time, um, I was not aware of what was happening. Um, I did not realize until about age 18 that what had happened to me when I was 14 was sexual assault in the state of Indiana. The age of consent is 16. And I did not realize that for the first time until I was 18. I then went through a legal investigation of sorts in my state and unfortunately nothing was ever done about my perpetrator. And ever since then I've been battling PTSD. Um, At first I felt a little bit of stigma and a little bit of shyness around my diagnosis when I was first diagnosed when I was about 19 or 20. um, I was scared. I didn't really know. Um, I thought PTSD was only something that veterans got from being in the military i honestly i was confused i didn't know and i never wanted to share my diagnosis let alone did i know that the next two years of my life would be spent to advocating for survivors that have been through traumatic things such as sexual assault Mm. Um, and so like i said i'm very public about my story i'm very public about my recovery Um, and i'm grateful for that even though sometimes it is hard And I would almost say that almost every day is hard living with PTSD.
1: Mm. Yes. And um, at the earlier stage of this PTSD for you, did you um, receive like support from family or loved ones or could could you share it with them?
0: So my family actually um, is not very supportive, unfortunately. However, I will say that I do have a roommate and I have a great therapist who is very supportive. And that has been key to my recovery is having a professional therapist that has been, been, been by my side. It's been very hard to find help, unfortunately, and I am very grateful that I have the support I do.
1: With the um, with the therapy and um, your roommates, your friends, you are able to survive um, the, the PTSD.
0: Yes, it is a challenge, I will say. Some days are more challenging than others, and I don't necessarily have a heads up when I'm going to have a bad mental health day. Um, just mm-hmm. like the rest of us. But yes. I will say that through therapy and having my roommate and um, our dog, um, I have found a lot of support and I'm grateful for that. And I'm also grateful that I'm able to share social media and that um, I do have a lot of followers. And having that support is also key of social media.
1: Yes, yes. Well, I'm, I'm really interested about this. I love Sue learn from you about PTSD? What does it mean to you and what are the symptoms that you you experience?
0: Well, PTSD stands for post-traumatic stress disorder. And um, I believe it's only been in the last about 20 years or so that we've diagnosed other people than veterans with it. We diagnose sexual assault survivors with it. We diagnose people that have witnessed, honestly, just horrific events, um, such as mass shootings with it. Um, the symptoms that I experience are flashbacks, hypo, uh, hypervigilance, always being on guard, mm-hmm. um, always being on the lookout that something bad could happen. Yeah. Um, I would also say that um, I've also experienced, you know, not being able to really have a lot of stability. Um, stability is something that I've struggled with and having stable relationships and realizing that there are people that love me and realizing that there are people that care and want to support me and they're not bad people. Um, I would also say that um, sleep disturbances, like I mentioned with flashbacks, are up there. Um, I've also struggled with a little bit of self-harm. Um, and until th- these past couple months, I've never really struggled with suicidal thoughts. And that was something that I battled about six or eight weeks ago. And thankfully, my therapist and my doctor, we were able to work through that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are just some terrible, terrible days um, where it's honestly, it's easier just to stay in bed. And it's easier to not have hope some days. But I'm grateful that I know that hope exists.
1: Yes, yes, yes. And I'm, I'm so grateful that I'm, I'm again you being grateful about all of this. I assume you um, believe strongly in God and the, um, you believe that he uh, can see you through every day and every bad day that you experience this um, disorder.
0: Yes, absolutely. I will say that I was actually talking about this with my roommate last night. Um, something I found interesting was that a few months ago, um, my therapist actually noted that um, gratitude is one of my coping skills and that I always try to look for the positive side in things, even though sometimes the positive side is really hard to find. But I have found that in most situations, if not every situation, there's always a silver lining. And for me, that's been especially true in my, my experiences. I've been able to encourage countless survivors. I've been able to share my um, therapy experiences. I've been able to share and be transparent and really help people understand the, that healing is not easy, but it is possible.
1: So apart from apart from having this um, great or high hope, and also being um, grateful, and also having a good therapist or a good doctor, what are other ways one can, you know, remain LD mentally LD while dealing with PTSD?
0: Yeah, I would say that honestly, you got to have a lot of coping skills. Because when you don't have more than a couple, when you only rely on five or six people, there are going to be times that those five or six people are not available. And you have to be able to cope on your own. That is probably the number one thing I've learned. Um, for me, coping and a coping looks different almost every day sometimes it's going and getting starbucks sometimes Mm -hmm. it's taking a hot bath sometimes it's literally just sitting there and counting to a hundred to remind myself that i am safe i am calm and i'm going to get through this moment that feels really tough
1: and um are there are there things that people misunderstand about ptsd like for someone who has never ever you know dealt with this subject before heard about it what are the misunderstandings that you, you hear about ptsd generally
0: I think a lot of people forget that people that have PTSD are not weak. Um, it means that we've been through something that we're not supposed to go through. You know, trauma is not a normal thing. Trauma is not normal to the brain. Um, trauma is a very bad thing, no matter what it is, whether it's a mass shooting, a sexual assault, whatever it might be. Um, and I think people forget that it's not just veterans because I still get a lot of looks when I say I have PTSD. A lot of people assume, Oh, she was in the military. Well, that's not true. I have never been in the military. Um, and I have PTSD. Um, and I think that that's really the misunderstanding is that the normal everyday person can have it. Um, if they've been through something that is traumatic and that looks different for all of us. It's not what's traumatic for me, may not be traumatic for someone else and that's fine, but that's the biggest misunderstanding.
1: Apart from everything you've been saying, uh, apart from everything I've uh, I've learned from you now, um, what else can one do to remain LD? Like, um, apart from you know taking a warm bath, or um, for some who, for example, is scared of going outside, or for someone who is scared of talking to other people, are there like some personal things that one can do, other things that one can personally do to avoid or to deal with PTSD?
0: Absolutely. I think I will say that I understand that some people are scared to talk to others and I understand that I was too. Mm. I was that person. I will say that reaching out and finding support has been key. Um, realizing that I needed to be on medicine and realizing that I'm okay that I take an antidepressant every day Mm. and being able to say that and being able to share that it's taken a lot for me to get there. Um, but I'm so glad I reached out. I'm glad that I have a really good therapist that I meet with regularly. Mm. Um, Sometimes I will say that therapy sessions are hard. People think that therapy is all about being easy. It's not, and it's hard. And there will be days that you want to quit because I've had plenty of those. Mm -hmm. Um, To me, that just means that you found a good therapist. But I think that if you need to take the first step, I think the first step is just realizing that wherever you are and being able to you know, have a safe place. I think is key. I don't think healing can start until there is a safe place. And I think for those that need to start somewhere, I think the safe place is a great place, but I really think the key is reaching out and not suffering in silence because this will haunt you and it will not go away. I tried, I wanted it to go away. I never wanted to deal with this. I never wanted to say that I go to therapy almost three times weekly. I, you know, I never wanted to be that person. But I've learned that it's okay. And just because you go to therapy now doesn't mean you have to be in it for years. Um, but I think reaching out is really, really key.
1: Yeah. Yes, I also believe that. And um, do you do you think, this question is popping in my mind, do you believe there's like um, an end to it? Is it a time, maybe after... 10 years after 20 years, you say, yes, I've overcome um, PTSD. Now I'm free from it. Now it's like in the past. Is it possible or is it the journey wants to continue to the end of this?
0: I think, honestly, it's different for every person. I don't think there's a set end date. I will say with antidepressants, you know, you have to taper off them slowly um, Mm -hmm. depending on the dosage. So, I mean, that's a little bit of time, maybe six or eight weeks. But honestly, I would say that it looks different for everyone. Um, I am almost certain that someone that's been through only like, you know, one traumatic event probably will not be in therapy as long as someone that has been through a chronic history of of events. And that's not to say that anyone's trauma is lesser than others. But I think looking at a timeline, it's hard to say because I think it really is different for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that my level of therapy, my intensity level, and how much I go is different than what someone else's might be. Um, and I think it all goes back to being able to afford therapy. It all goes back to having a therapist that has availability. Um, and it goes back to finding the good fit with a therapist. Um, so I really think that everyone's timeline looks different and I encourage everyone to talk about that with your providers. You know, um, I never thought I'd be on medicine a year and a half later, but I've realized that I need it and it's what helps me get through the day. And I'm not going to sit and suffer. Um, and so I'm fine. If I have to take a pill every day, oh, well, it's one pill. Um, so, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, of course. And um, is there are there means or ways of tracking one's progress? Like, or is there progress at all?
0: Yeah, I would absolutely say that, you know, when you have a lesser a reduction in symptoms, that is one key that things are working, mm. um, you know, and something I recommend to people I talk to. If they're going to therapy twice a week. You know, cut down to once a week, then cut down to every, you know, once every two weeks, then go once a month. I never recommend stopping things cold turkey. I think that's a recipe for disaster, um, regardless of medication or therapy. Um, I think that if you're getting to a good point where you can, you know, deal with these things on your own, your flashbacks are reduced, you know, you're not as anxious about the traumatic event anymore, and um, then start having that conversation with your provider about, okay, We've gotten to a good point. Let's talk about cutting down these sessions. And like I said, maybe that's once a week, maybe that's going down to twice a week, whatever it might be.
1: You sound to me like someone who um takes um you, you sound some you sound to me like someone who places a very high priority on on your mental health. Yes. Yes. And um I would love to ask, is there like days or weeks or moments that you feel down or you feel like, well, I'm 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 in the cold. And um, the question actually is, how do you come out of this situation and say and bounce back and say, my mentality is my highest priority. I have to feel I am. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to pull through.
0: Absolutely, I think people that have PTSD, um, I think we have an over resiliency. I know, I know. For me, I um, my therapist has said that I'm the most resilient person he's met, and I I wear that with a pride. A badge of pride most days. But I will say, I think that that comes at a cost. Um, I think that we have to have the days where we're not okay. Um, I think we have to have the places where we can let our emotions out. Because I think for me, PTSD is really about times that we were too strong and we had to be strong to get through the moment, but then we have to not be strong to work through those moments. Um, I know for me, a safe place is my is in my therapy sessions. I can do whatever I want. I can cry. I can laugh. I can do whatever I want. Mm. It's a place to not be okay, and I'm thankful for that.
1: Great. That's great. So yeah, um, having a place, having a safe place is actually very important. And as you, I've understood from you, it is okay not to be okay in some as in, on some days. It's okay not to be okay.
0: Absolutely. And coming out of those days, it's hard. I recently have went through a really tough bout in my therapy. Just, it's just, we've had some tough issues and mm-hmm. I've had to remind myself that, um, at the end of the day, it's not about, you know, moving mountains in sessions. Sometimes it's about just getting through the session or just getting through the day because we're going to all have tough days and we just have to get through them and just hang in there as best as we can.
1: As a mental health advocate, what are the measures, what are the things that you, um, passionate about or doing for other people that, um to improve their mental health
0: absolutely well i think for me one area has been social media I've, i share a lot of my story there i share a lot of my struggles and i also share a lot of the good things that happen there um i think being open i think that's a different thing i don't think a lot of people are open mm. on social media about their struggles and i think for me that's going to be the number one way to make a difference um i think that i um that pushing for different laws at the state level, um, I've been very blessed, and I have that experience. Mm. I've been able to work with quite a few different nonprofits in the area to work on mental health legislation. Um, I'm one of those that I don't believe that more laws are a good thing necessarily, but I think that anything we can do to raise awareness is a good thing about mental health.
1: So you're you're using your platform, your social media platform, to ensure that every every other person you hears about your story and also could feel like um, involved or important and so also improve their mental health in the way or, or two possible from your story.
0: Absolutely.
1: Earlier, you mentioned self-arm, um, and um, I would love you to like talk to me about this.
0: I went through kind of a dark period in the last couple of weeks, and it was one that I didn't really see coming. Um, it was brought on by a lot of different life circumstances. Mm-hmm. And I'm very grateful that my therapist was working hand in hand, and we were constantly, you know, talking about it we were talking about things to do in a crisis. Um, and that conversation was hard to have. Um, but I'm grateful that we had it and I'm ultimately grateful that I had a team of professionals around me almost constantly, um, that was helping me adjust medication or whatever it might be. Um, and I really feel like, um, that's how I got through the tough phase Mm -hmm. of I didn't want to live anymore. Um, I just, I went through this really tough part. And so I think it was just having my doctor and my therapist and knowing that at the end of the day, we're all working hand in hand for the betterment of myself. That's
1: good. I mean, one thing I've I've, I've gotten from you now is having a strong support system. It's very, it's very important. It's very vital for once.
0: Absolutely. And I will say that, you know, it is hard. Um, it is hard to be open with everyone. When I was having suicidal thoughts, I was like, I'm a mental health advocate. I'm not supposed to have these thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I went through that. I um, struggled for a little while without telling anyone. And I finally got to a point where like, I need to take my own advice and talk to someone and say, hey, I'm struggling. And this has been going on for a couple of weeks. What can we do different to not
1: have me struggling so much? Yeah. And you got the help from 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 the doctors.
0: Absolutely. And my therapist, I mean, we were, everyone really worked hand in hand. Um, I never really felt alone throughout the whole thing. I felt like everyone on my team was there to help me and support me. And my roommate was supportive. We came up with a couple safety plans. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah.
1: So you mentioned um, safety plans. Uh, What kind of safety plans did you come up with?
0: Absolutely. So my therapist and I came up with a list of safe places, safe people to call in a moment of, Um, crisis. Um, Mm -hmm. We also took sharp things out of our apartment for a while. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, and all of this was really a pride thing. It was hard um, for me to adjust. Um, It was hard to know that um, we had to take steps. Um, And some of them were that I didn't have control of my medication. Mm -hmm. Um, Some of them was that we didn't have sharp things around. Um, I made sure that whenever I had an urge to self-harm or whatever it might be, that I talked with my roommate and let her know, Hey, I'm struggling, you know, can you distract me or can you help me figure out something to distract me for the mm. next 15 or 20 minutes? So I don't do this. Yeah. Um, because sometimes it's all about just getting through the moment. I think sometimes we worry about like getting through the day. Well, you have to get through the next minute first. And then once you get through the first minute, you can get through the next minute. And it sometimes it's just taking it minute by minute by minute.
1: So um, on your on your Twitter page, I found this American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Can you tell me more about this and what are you doing to support this foundation?
0: Absolutely. So I do my best to um, support any mental health organization out there, but specifically for American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, it's a, it's a cause that has hit close to home this year. I've had several colleagues that have committed suicide um, and I've had several um, friends that have also committed suicide, mostly due to the pandemic and the stress of that. Um, and so this year it's hit, like I said, a little bit closer to home. Um, Mm -hmm. I've, um, spent some time, um, writing some policy for them. I've also spent some time, um, fundraising for their walk that was in my state. Um, it was virtual, but, um, I, I feel like they have a really good foundation of resources. And especially for those of us that have lost loved ones due to suicide, they have some really great resources, um, and connecting and, um, material just to get through those really challenging times of losing a loved one due to this awful thing.
1: So you you mentioned of, you know, losing people to suicide and you had personal experiences with this, right? Friends of, or friends or loved ones that you, you, you lost to suicide. Yes. And hope that did not, you know, hope that did not affect you in any way, like to pull you back in your journey of recovery.
0: Um, Sometimes um, it's hard when I struggle because I'm like, I just criticized, um, you know, so-and-so for committing suicide. But I have started to understand the struggle again um, firsthand through my own struggles the past about eight weeks.
1: Are are there like support systems or support communities for people with PTSD or people that, you know, struggling with PTSD and also for suicide survivors? Are there like, you know, set up plans or set up systems for them? And if not, um, what do you think can be done, you know, to support them in this in a daily, minute-to-minute struggle?
0: Absolutely. Well, I think um, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention has some great resources um, for those struggling. Um, I am not aware of that many PTSD resources. Um, I will say I think the Veterans, um, Veteran Affairs, um, the VA, has some great resources. Um, but as far as support groups go, I think those are a lot harder to find, um, unfortunately. Mm. Um, however, I would encourage anyone to simply just Google, um, you know, PTSD support groups in their area or survivors of suicide loss. Um, and like I said, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention has some great, great links for those that are survivors of those who have committed suicide.
1: And I, I'm also very grateful that you're making use of your platform to create awareness about um, about this, about you know, PTSD, talking about your story, talking about the, you know, assaults that you went through. And also, you know, being active in the community of you know mental health um, improvement—that's that's very good. That's very impressive.
0: Absolutely, thank you.
1: So, um, this this podcast is a um, it's like a self improvement, personal development podcast, and uh, we we always, you know, talk about you know reflections and you know, because like a mirror, you can reflect through a physical mirror or through other means, through other objects. So, are there like means or ways you reflect on your journey of life so far, or um, on your, you know, your story or things that you've gone through? Are there ways you reflect on them and ways you try to improve yourself?
0: Absolutely. Well, I will say that as I reflect, I'm very proud of how far I've come. Um, yeah. It's not been an easy journey. Um, and for anyone out there that is trying to heal, um, it won't be an easy journey, but it is possible. That's
1: good. Thanks for the encouragement. It is possible to overcome any situation.
0: Absolutely.
1: So where where can we where can we stay in touch with you? Like, if there's anyone out there who would love to contact you or write to you, can you make, make sure of your website or your Twitter handle so that you know anyone can get ac- across to you and you know maybe message you and you could up the person when we are there.
0: Absolutely, um, I have a public Twitter account and Megan Stoner In. Um, mm-hmm. I also am on Facebook and I'm also on Instagram at the Make16. At
1: the Make16 okay all this information will be placed in the show notes and then anyone who is interested could get across to you and hopefully you could help with um, any situation mental health or ptsd or um, any any story you know any in any means or ways possible that would be great absolutely thank you thank you so much for sharing your story with me i really appreciate this
0: thanks have a good day
1: thank you so much for listening to this podcast I am eternally grateful for your time, your love, and contributions. You mean a lot to me. Thank you once again for listening and sharing with your loved ones. Don't forget to subscribe and follow this journey on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and other platforms in the description. Stay blessed.